0: The Experts Podcast is powered by Media Stable. Welcome along to another episode of The Experts Podcast. My name's Nick Hayes.
1: Hi, I'm Carmen Braidwood.
0: Hello, Carmen. It's good to see you.
1: Yeah, nice to be back.
0: Hey, we've got a pretty special expert in here today, a bit of a marketing expert.
1: Yeah, someone I saw at a conference I spoke at in Darwin recently, the Belong in Business Conference. Darwin. A, in Darwin, mate.
0: Darwin, Darwin, Australia. Yeah, Northern Territory. Northern Territory. Yeah. Fair dinkum.
1: Fair dinkum. (laughs) Why why do we get a more broad Australian accent as soon as we mention Darwin?
0: I just think, (laughs) well, Darwin is the gateway to Asia, isn't it? So it's literally, it's so much happening up there.
1: Yeah, it's a very dynamic place. I loved every second I spent in Darwin, not just for the tourism, but for the interesting people in business who tend to have extraordinary backgrounds. You see, the the territory attracts a lot of people Mm. for military reasons, for government job reasons, who have very diverse and interesting backgrounds. And our guest today, is especially, uh, you know,
2: especially one of those.
0: Well, welcome. Welcome to the show, Mia Fileman. Mia from Campaign Del Mar. Welcome to the show.
2: Thanks for having me, guys. Hey, um,
0: you've, Darwin, you met you met Calms up in Darwin. I mean... Uh,
1: you can't get past it, Mia. Why are you in Darwin?
2: <laughs> exactly as Carmen said, I'm married to a very handsome helicopter pilot in the army and uh, we have been posted to Darwin twice in his career. Uh, Which is why it's
1: excellent that you can take your marketing expertise and run a business wherever you may be, but you've also had some runs on the board with some jobs in the territory at a at a campaign
2: level? Yeah, so I'm low key obsessed with marketing campaigns. I've Mm -hmm. been running them for twenty one years. Now I predominantly teach other female founders and marketers how to run marketing campaigns, but I think it's really important to stay on the tools and stay in the arena. Mm. So from time to time, I accept jobs that allow me to, you know, still do the work as opposed to just teach. So currently I'm running the social media campaign for the Darwin Festival. Darwin Festival? Yeah. Tell us more about that. So it's 18... incredible tropical nights in Darwin. It's an arts and culture festival that attracts around 150,000 visitors and it's bloody awesome. Sounds awesome indeed. I might
1: need to find a reason for confidence on camera to make its way to Darwin again. Get back up there.
0: Now, Mia, the reason we're fascinated with Darwin is because we're actually from Perth. And the reason also too (laughs) is the (laughs) fact that unless you're out of Sydney or Melbourne, they don't take you serious. Have you you experienced Mm. any of that up in Darwin?
2: No, to be honest, but my as Carmen said, my business is 100% online now. Being a defense spouse, I needed to make the business portable. So I actually have clients all over the world. I've got Miami, London, New Zealand. And so um, it's not uh, my target audience don't just reside in in Darwin.
1: Mm. And you've worked with people all around the world in your career previously. So you'd you'd have those networks that extend through Europe as well as Australia, I imagine, having worked with brands like L'Oreal. Did you work with Bic as well? What did you do for Bic?
2: I was the um, product marketing manager for um, our premium line of pens. So I actually lived. Yeah, we have premium pens. So I spent two and a half years in Paris, and that was a fantastic experience. So Um, like Emily in Paris, huh? I am the real Emily in Paris. (laughs) I I watched that show and I was like, seriously, made a movie show about my life. There were just so many just overlapping coincidences. So, of course, I pitched the story to Mamma Mia and said, I need to tell you that, this is me. I, this is
0: almost <laughs> exactly me. Oh, I love it! I love it. Now, Mia, That's before awesome. we, now, we, before we get into all the big marketing questions that I've got for you, yeah. um, there's one last one I want to ask. It's a little off center. There, have you seen Top Gun Maverick yet? Uh, a, a spouse of a uh, air f- uh, a a, a, helicopter fighter, a, a helicopter pilot. Have you seen it? Is it real?
2: Okay, I have not seen it yet. However, I have received the play-by-play and I can tell you I am up to my ears in like, that's not an F-35, that's an F-18. And I'm like, I could give a flying ship.
0: yeah. <laughs>
1: This is hilarious. I love it. A lot of um, lot of spouses of pilots are copying this at the minute. There's a lot right. of this. Yeah, this is the movie that's you know made my life. We've talked about Top Gun a few times we on have. this podcast as well. Now, now Mia, can we? Um, we will talk about marketing campaigns and who you <laughs> think's getting it right and get some of your expertise for the benefit of our listener in in just a minute. But you're as yourself. You know, you're an expert and you've generated expert exposure for yourself in your own earned media with wonderful success. You mentioned getting that Emily in Paris, the real Emily in Paris story up for Mamma Mia. What else have you done over the years and and why do you find it so beneficial?
2: I'm a little bit prolific, Carmen. Mm. Um, I'm a bootstrap startup founder. I don't have hundreds of thousands of dollars to invest in paid advertising. So I decided that I needed to generate earned media in order to give me that Exposure and also credibility. Like as an online business owner, it's very hard to build trust. Yeah. I can't go and sit in front of someone at a cafe, look into their eyes and build a relationship with them over an hour and walk away with a contract. This can take months, if not years, to earn people's trust via the internet. So when I started Campaign Delmar three years ago, I made that a huge focus of my business. I upskilled in PR. I realised that this was going to be something that I was going to need to do month in, month out. And so rather than pay an expensive um retainer, I just decided to get on with it and just learn how to do it myself. And since then I've lost count, but um at last count I had about forty pieces of coverage yeah. um last year alone. Um the feather in the cap has to be writing an article for social media examiner um it was a very lengthy process and um, the article was in review with their editorial team for a full four weeks wow before they published it but to date that article has been shared over a thousand times and um it's like it almost pulled down my website with the amount of huh traffic that it generated on the day that the article um, went live, so yeah.
0: I think that's brilliant. And and the fact that, you know, the way you talk about the fact you don't have big budgets or you don't have that opportunity Mm. to spend, and I think this is something for all experts listening out there, invest in yourself and also to put the time and energy into doing it because as you just said there, Mia, the the social media examiner, I'm not completely across that, but it it would be something that obviously is relevant for your future clients or your your current clients. I love love your energy and, and I read a few of your articles in Smart company and mumbrella it's the bible it, for me the mumbrella is the bible for communicators it's yeah. the it's what your your colleagues it's what those in the industry are looking out for because you've got certain editorial requirements to get through there and I Mia mean, you've done that so beautifully and 40 articles in a in a year that's that's nothing that's that's an incredible
2: achievement thank you I really appreciate you saying so um and yes, it, it does take a lot of work, but as a result, you know, I am definitely seeing the rewards of that, um, that my programs do book out and I, you know, I don't have trouble generating um, business. So it's definitely well worth, as you said, investing in yourself and um, yeah, putting in that
0: What What you've given hope, though, for everyone that has an online program Mm. or – because when I was first reading this, and it wasn't until Calms told me that you were based in in Darwin – I went. No, no way. This this woman's Sydney based.
1: This <laughs> See? this is
0: this the perception that you put out there is that you're 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 finger on the pulse sort of stuff, and maybe that's me being a little bit because you know again we're old
1: fashioned ideals. Well,
0: we're from Perth. We're we're from Perth, Mere. Mm. So we get we've we got get, the
1: same chip on the shoulder. Correct. Yeah. But the way that you've yeah. delivered
0: and the perception that it is is that you're a Sydney based agency, and you're not just a small one. You you look like a mid to to large size firm.
2: Oh, I've got you fooled.
0: (laughs) You have. And I tell you what, it's not hard to do either, Mia. It's not hard to do at all.
2: (laughs) I work from home. (laughs) I have a home office. Yep. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, um, I definitely know how to punch above my weight and I – love helping fellow small businesses do the
1: same. Love it. And those those earned media appearances, they're what does it for you. But what about the stuff that Nick and I really love to talk about, our bread and butter here, the the radio, the TV? Have you had any of those opportunities come through your written
2: pieces? Yeah, so um, I have been on ABC Radio Darwin a few times. Mm-hmm. Uh, they asked me to weigh in on the changing of the tourism slogan. Um, oh, yeah. and ask me if see you in the NT should be the news. <laughs>
0: oh, <laughs> Honestly. What, a, what a ripper, what a
1: ripper. Honestly, I was just in <laughs> Albany, Western Australia for my weekend, which is the great southern tip of Western Australia, and what was my um, cousin's husband wearing but a see you in the NT T-shirt, t-shirt. to a family gathering. Um, <laughs> and, you know, look, what do you think? I mean, it gets exposure, let's be frank, but is it doing the Northern Territory, the job that it really requires?
2: Look, I think it's fantastic for the domestic market. It really appeals to the sense of humour of Territorians. However, tourism campaigns are not about the domestic market. They're about the interstate and international market. And Mm -hmm. specifically when we think about international markets, we're thinking about China, we're thinking about the UK, we're thinking about Singapore. And no, that is not going to resonate with them. They do (laughs) not understand... That sense of humour and so that is absolutely the wrong slogan to put on our Mind,
0: mind you, during a pandemic, and you can't really go internationally. And mm-hmm. now that the borders are open and everything, it it will you know probably take a step back. But I, I thought it was quite it 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 did hit my sort of funny bone of a little. Course, but yeah. I, I, it's also a little cringe worthy. Like it's, it, but then again, it might
1: borderline on the old "Where the bloody hell are you?" and how that sure. didn't quite hit the mark.
0: But Darwin Darwin does have a, an amazing newspaper up there that has a front cover that yeah. has something to do with crocodiles every second or third day. So it, it is, you know, they do take a little, they enjoy the fun side of it. Is that fair to say, Mia?
2: Oh, absolutely, yeah. There's no place like the Territory in Australia. It's fantastic.
1: Yeah, and and the business opportunities and the excitement and the you know there's a there's a there's an air of enthusiasm there even though it's hot and people are moving slowly a bit like broom time to West Australians it's a little bit similar. Um, there is still a, a sense of opportunity and excitement. Like you say, working on something like Darwin Festival probably exposes you to that at the minute. Mia, can we now that we've stumbled upon these kind of you know marketing campaigns? You've you've commented on on the Northern Territory tourism campaigns. Is there anyone out there, Australia? Wide right now, who you think is getting marketing right?
2: Yeah, I think um, Zero Co. The they are an ethical, sustainable cleaning product brand. Are absolutely killing it. Yeah, Their right. campaigns are, you know, it's a very serious message that we need to, you know, think about the environment and use reusable, refillable um, bottles and plastic but they're delivering that in a really humorous, really approachable perspective. Their packaging is gorgeous. Um, their social media is on fire. They, the, the founder comes out from, you know, behind the desk and appears in the campaigns and really starts to build those relationships with the audience. So they're probably, you know, I guess, top shelf marketing
0: for me at the moment. Mia, how, how important is it for the founder to come out from behind the desk, as you just said, because uh, from, from a marketing perspective, I think, you know, we've moved away from those brands and recognition of like the investment that's been made into brands. We, we really want to hear from the people and, and why they did it mm. and how they did it. Is, is is that the kind of client you're looking for?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Well, you just need to look at the rise of influencer marketing mm. to understand that people buy from people. They don't buy from corporations. And um, in these situations, it's, you know, like the, the founder of Zero Co., he is an influencer. He is, you know, a trailblazer when it comes to the startup ecosystem in Australia. And so people want to hear from him. What were his failures? What were his successes? How did he get to where he is now? How did he raise? this much money um, for his startup. So I think that it's just far more interesting than, you know, a brand just, you know, banging on about their products and their services and yeah. and it's just so much more authentic. Love it. And what we're getting into here,
1: a social media campaign, that's the stuff that I now make my bread and butter on as an ex-broadcaster going and they're working with brands to say, hey, we need you to step out from behind the desk, mm. like Mia says, and share with us who you are. Your story, make genuine connections. Have you ever encountered owners, founders, CEOs who say to you, just point blank, Mia, nah. No way am I getting on camera to create owned media.
2: Oh, absolutely. And to those people I say, that's wonderful. Go and find somebody else to (laughs) um, train you on your marketing. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I'm sure there's lots of marketers out there who will take your money, but it's probably not the right fit for me. Mm -hmm. Um, Having said that as a caveat, like, I think you need to play to your strengths. So I'm a writer. I love writing. And so for me, I found it so much easier to write 40 articles last year than it would be for me to, you know, make 10 TV appearances just sure. because it's what comes naturally to me. So I think we do have to play to our strengths. Now, having said that, if Gruen Transfer called me at the Gruen Project and said, yes. hey, can you come on the show and unpack some campaigns with us? I'd be like, see you, honey. And I'd be yes. on the first played out of nowhere. Of course you would. So, yeah. Of course I would. So um, I'm a raging extrovert, though, and so I completely understand that not all founders are as happy as I am to, you know, um, take the spotlight. However, it's a business necessity. So, mm. you know, put on your big girl undies and um, go out there and do what needs to be done, you know. Yeah. Um, I just – I really – Feel that there's this whole narrative that exists around startup culture at the moment where someone has told us that there's secret recipes for success and that there's magic formulas and it's you know it's easy it's not easy it's not a damn thing that's easy about running a business no you say so, it absolutely mm-hmm. spot on <laughs> so i'm um, sorry we you know the ones that succeed are the ones that you know just get on with it and do what needs to be done and as I said straight at the beginning of the show, if you don't have money for paid advertising, then you need to do what you need to do. And if that's thought leadership PR or if that's, you know, getting interviews with TV or radio or online, then that's what needs to that's what you need to do to raise your
0: profile. Yeah. Now, it's got you, to feel
2: uncomfortable at times. You do, yeah.
0: and you've got to work hard. And there's, yeah. it's blood, sweat, yeah. and tears in all of this. If you're yeah. not doing that, then I, I tell you what, you're not working hard enough. Now, Mia, you did say that you're just a writer. You think you, you, that's your strength, but you do have a podcast. You've yeah. got a little podcast called Got Marketing, I was listening to a few of them over the weekend. These are very good. How How has that helped you? How, how have you enjoyed the, the, the I guess, the the, the, the word, the sorry, the, the sound? Oh God, what, spoken what, word? Spoken word, the audio format of delivering your content. <laughs> God, I'll get it out
2: eventually. <laughs> How's
1: Nick going with it? What do you think?
2: <laughs> well, um, humble brag, but dot Marketing is now a top 20 marketing podcast in Australia. Amazing. So it's going very well um, quite surprising because I just did what I wanted to do which was you know the common approach with marketing podcasts is 20 minutes you interview social media experts um, you ask some poppy shallow questions and then you know you're done and that is not my podcast. the episodes are as you know make 40 minutes long. It's a really deep chat. We, you know, we quote um, Harvard Business Review articles. We really get into the psychology of marketing, um, and it is by no means shallow content. And I just didn't know if there was going to be an audience for that, but I am pleasantly surprised that there is. Um, I, I think this is exactly an a, a great example of someone playing to their strengths. You know, yeah. I'm a strategic marketer. I, like those. 30-second, 60-second Instagram reels are not where I can unleash my true potential. Not Mm. everything in marketing can be summarized in three simple tips. You know, sometimes (laughs) we need to take a complicated issue, complicated, you know, topic and discuss it over 40 minutes to really do it justice. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and, and Mia, I'm not I'm not surprised to hear this. Sorry to cut you off a little bit there, but I will add, this is an area where I know I got it wrong. When I first came out of broadcasting full-time, I was thinking, I'm listening to these American podcasts and they're very, very highly produced and they're structured and they're highly edited and they've got sound effects through them and I'm mm. going, this is what we need to do with podcasting and I'm thinking, you know, too many people are just getting on podcasts and waffling on and thinking people are going to listen to them. It's what for... I've been
0: doing for 25 <laughs> exactly. years.
1: Exactly. For, for 30 minutes, 40 minutes. but um, And I thought we have to make everything shorter, punchier, yeah. you know, more like a, a radio yeah. episode. And I, I went out there thinking that was what we needed, as, particularly because social media was going in that direction. Look at the way, as you just said, it has gone that way. But it's definitely wrong. I think that the podcasting space is where people who are extremely and expressly interested in what you have to say are tuning in. They've got that trust with you already. And they're going, what free value can I get from this conversation? And they will go with you on that 30-minute, 40-minute little pondering. It's, it's not like a radio show or a TV show where there's an ad break coming up or the news is coming and we've got to be punchy and we've got to be direct. You can actually explore. I bet you've had some great breakthroughs while you're talking to people.
2: Absolutely. And just podcast hosts have an unprecedented level of trust with their listeners. I mean, you are literally in their ears. Mm-hmm. And so um, it is... Oh, great for relationship nurturing and lead nurturing. You know, I've had people purchase my program after having listened to just one or two episodes because, you know, it, it's just such a long, meaty, decent block of time to, to hear what I'm about, to mm. see how I think, how I approach I mean, I would have to do that for months, if not years, on social media to build that kind of level of trust with that particular listener. Yes. I just have a stat here that one hour and forty-five minutes is the amount of time the average of the podcast listener dedicates to podcast consumption. How per day? Um. A good question. A good question. Good stat, Dave. <laughs> good stat. An hour
1: and forty-five minutes.
0: Uh, I, I think that is probably on a daily. It if, could be. Or, or I if,
1: did yeah, over the weekend. I think for at sure. Least. And I you- took two flights. Listen to podcasts for both of those.
0: It has grown definitely as a a platform that people, you know, when you look at traditional media the way that we are broadcasted at, this is an opportunity, as as Mia just said, is an opportunity to have you in your ears and you've chosen to click on that button to play that episode. And once you've done that, you've built a relationship there and the respect between the two parties is enormous because, you know, they hang around if they like what they're hearing or they're getting something from it and you continue to do it if someone at the other end is receiving and, and getting something from it as well. I think it's a beautiful thing. Um, well done.
2: Totally. This, um, that was for the week. So um, almost two hours a week um, Aussies are tuning into podcasts. Very And good. we are not – seeing that when it comes to social media, like, you know, attention spans have dwindled. People Mm. won't even watch a 60-second reel. They'll only watch the 10-second reel or the 20-second reel. So the fact that you can, they're willing to invest that length of time with you. I mean, there was another stat that I saw that the majority of um, podcast listeners listen all the way to the end of the podcast. Mm. Yeah. So that is really, really great.
1: Yeah.
2: Because that's bottom of the funnel stuff, right? Like Mm. that's, you know, if I've listened to you for a full 40 minutes, I'm so much warmer um, than I was at the beginning of that 40
1: minutes. Totally. And if you decide then to put an ad for your sellable thing in the middle of it, yeah, someone is very likely to go to that website and go, yeah, we might just do that.
0: And listen to all the listeners right now. They're at mm. the 23-minute mark. They've stayed on to this point.
1: More power to you, my More friend. More power to
0: you, and it's because we've got great guests like <laughs> Mia on. Now, Mia... I've, I've got to ask questions around the marketing side because you, you do have a track record and history uh, of being in the industry for such a long time and you've probably seen it and seen it all. How is marketing going today? I mean, the question I want to put to you is that, you know, how how is the industry traveling? Because I think you insinuated a little earlier that there is, you know, if you some small marketing firms, they'll take your money, but they won't necessarily deliver the goods. There, how is the marketing industry? How healthy is it?
2: I don't think it's very healthy at all. And I work exclusively with founders and marketers, and there is just this horrific culture of burnout yeah. um because of social media overwhelm. I mean it's really sad to say Nick that content marketing today has become more about quantity than quality. A social media platforms expect you to post daily. I don't know how often you guys post your shows, but um there seems to be a common practice that you release weekly podcast episodes. Mm. Um, I write for Medium which is a blogging platform And the most common advice is to write five articles a week. Like, you're just asking for crap. Like, it's not, it's, you know, I wrote my latest medium articles, a thousand words. It took me a week to write it. It's Mm. good. It's really good. But I can't pump out five of those a week and run my business. So, I feel that the state of play is really concerning. Um, in terms of over-reliance on social media platforms, which are now saturated platforms, very time-consuming and um, just very short-term. So, like, the average life of a social media post is a couple of hours. Yeah. So, you know, if you spend – I've heard someone say that they spent three hours recording Instagram Reels for so that to have a shelf life of three hours, it doesn't seem like a really good investment of your time. So no. here's, an, here's a different example. I wrote a blog post, which is all about the different types of marketing campaigns. And a year later, it is still driving really great traffic to my website. And it's almost
1: like people <laughs> so have forgotten about those more traditional methods of creating content yeah. marketing, haven't they?
2: Totally. I just think that, and I mentioned this at the belonging business conference, what we need is a smart mix of paid, earned, and owned channels. So yeah, absolutely, you should have a social media channel, but just pick one, not be on all of them, and then really focus on earned and owned channels. Why? Because they're free, Um, they get you exposure, um, and also, they're brand controlled. Like, I own my website, my blog, my email list, my podcast, my podcast subscribers. So, I'm not at the whim of these algorithms.
0: Yes. I love that. I love Ooh. that, Mia. I think, you know, the ownership of it is important. And I, I think if there's a strong message to everyone out there, it is quality over quantity. And, and and I think you've also given permission for a lot of the listeners to just take it a little easier on the socials. Yeah. Don't
1: don't get so yeah. hung up on that. Oh, I didn't post last night. I'm really feeling oh. let down on myself. People can get quite anxious about that. And instead, what I like to say to people is if you are using social media, make sure it's a repurposed product yep. so you will create a longer piece of video content for instance uh, share a lot of value and 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 give people that insight that they're looking for yep. put that on your own channels so put that up on your on your website and yep. link to it through your social media with these catchy little grabs you know little moments in time that'll get someone's attention i
2: love that carmen that is such such a sustainable approach yeah um That's the hero content approach. They start with a meaty piece of content, which is a blog or a podcast or an article. I mean, that's why it works so well with me for PR. It starts with an article, which I just so happen to get published. And then I repurpose that article in so many different ways. I can turn it into a listicle. I can turn it into an Instagram reel. I can turn it into several social media posts. I put it in my email marketing, and really get mileage of that because, Mm. and this is a really important thing, um, back in the 1960s, during the Mad Men era, there was this rule um, that was, you know, quite sort of popular, which was that customers need to hear about something seven times before they take action. Yes. Now, in 2022, the rule of seven is actually the rule of 30. Customers need to hear about something 30 times. So please don't share something once and think that that's it. It's done. Like Mm. I say the same things all day, every day. I repeat myself all the time. And still people were saying to me, oh, that's really interesting. That <laughs> just, just notice that thing you're
1: doing. Is that new? I'm like, nah, yeah, sure. If you think it's new, it's new. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: I love it. I love it. And it does start at the foundation of the content. The content's yeah. got to be good and you just got to share it and spread it in different ways. Now, we're running out of time, Carms. Mm-hmm. We are. Uh, this it's been a
1: very we, in- interesting we, chat. We,
0: we could chat to this young lady from Darwin for a lot longer, <laughs> I can assure you. But, um can I ask you, Mick, because I know that you're, you, you do do a lot of work with startups, um, with founders. with founders, and uh, what's the question? What's the question then that, that every founder or every business owner should be asking either of their marketing team or their marketing agency? What's that question that makes them or gives them in tune with what they're trying to achieve and what they're trying to do?
2: That's a really good question. Um, it's really hard to pull it down to, like, one thing. But I guess what I see a lot of is the um, where you should be focusing your efforts, like how to prioritise your marketing because marketers and, and founders today driving their own marketing are being pulled in all different directions, you know. Someone's been really successful with Twitter. Someone's been really successful with LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. And so they think that they, just by jumping onto LinkedIn, they're going to be successful too. And so I think that that's, really the biggest question is where do I focus my energy?
0: Love it.
1: Great question. Yeah, and decide what's right for you. Stick to that until you get good evidence. You need to change. But
0: the question itself is also getting the owner, the business owner, in the mindset yeah. too to be ready and prepared, and not just hand over the keys to the, oh, the no. marketing bus to someone else. Yeah, I think you've got to take ownership of that. And I love what you've said earlier there, Mia. If it, if they don't fit in a line with what you're looking to do, then you know maybe someone else is better for them.
2: Absolutely. And then in terms of exactly as you said, Nick, that they do need to take ownership of it. I mean, strategy is, there's, there's no way to predict the future, but strategy is the art of improving your odds. It's, it's just as much about what you choose to do as what you choose not to do. Mm. So really as a, as a female founder, male founder, entrepreneur, what you need to, the question you need to ask yourself is, what am I going to bet on? Am I going to bet on LinkedIn? Am I going to bet on a podcast? Am I going to bet on PR? Like, as I said right at the beginning of this show, I chose to bet on PR and it paid off really well for me. Um, and that's, that's what, that's what you need to do, but you can't be everywhere.
1: love
0: it yeah Uh, very very strong messages there you can't be everywhere and you've got permission not to go too hard on your socials from campaign del mar's founder global marketing strategist uh and the real emily in paris i love that (laughs) i love that tagline um mia
2: fileman thank you mia
0: if people want to get in contact with you how can they do that yeah
2: please um feel free to reach out to me um, through LinkedIn or Instagram or just head to campaigndelmar.com.
0: And check out her podcast, Got Marketing. It's very good. Hey, Mia, thanks for joining us today.
2: Oh, that was such a hoot. Thank you so much, Nick. Thanks, Carmen.
0: Yeah, that was Mia Farman. Oh, that was a good one. Yeah, I loved it. I love the fact that you got permission to not have to go too hard, but also quality over quantity. Yeah. Big, big important message. Fantastic stuff. Well, we look forward to having your company next week when we speak to another expert or another media. Have a great week. You've been listening to the Experts Podcast, powered by Media Stable. If you'd like to get in contact with the team, head to mediastable.com.au.